Grace and peace to you. God bless you. I am back with another topic for today. And I'm going to be talking about the five W's and H's to open heavens. <laughs> That's a lot, right? The five W's and H of open heavens. And I'm going to reference um, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And before I get into that, I want to say, first of all, I appreciate the feedback. Um, it feels so good to be back Um recording the podcast and the sharing messages. Um, I, the struggle for me has just been with the management of time. Um, but the word of the Lord came to me that I need to make it happen. And so we're going to make it happen. And um, we're going to release what the spirit of God is saying to the church. And I'm just so encouraged by the feedback. Uh, many of you have been sharing the messages and you have been um, have been replying and commenting. And I just truly appreciate that as you help me um, continue to do what the Lord has called me to do. But I want to talk to you for a few moments about the five W's and H of open heavens. All right. And I'm coming out of um, Matthew chapter three, verse 17. And I want you to listen to this because um when the Lord revealed this to me, it blew my mind. And, and I just knew that I had to share it with you all. But do you not know that for all Jesus being Jesus? OK, let's just say that. But for his entire childhood, even up until the time that he was reaching 29, 30 years old, that he operated under closed heavens. And I paused. That was an intentional pause from his childhood up into his, I'm going to say right at 30, Jesus operated under a closed heaven. He was not able to tap into the supernatural, even though he was fully man and fully God. But there was a dimension um, of, of uh, execution and operation that he was unable to tap into until Matthew chapter three, verse 17. Now something happens in Matthew chapter three, verse 17, that we really need to pull a few minutes, few moments aside and take a look at. Now this, the, the, the narrative here is the baptism of Jesus. When Jesus submitted to the, um, John's baptism and the Bible says in Matthew chapter three, verse 17, um, it says, Matter of fact, let me go back to 316. I don't know why I do that. I'll start out and then back myself up. Um, but the, the context was Jesus. It was his time to to um, to to step. You know, it was his set time to begin to to come out and and and, and function in his public ministry. OK, um, there were things he was doing at home. There were things he was doing behind closed doors. But this was the set time. For him to operate in his public ministry. But before the heavens could open, before he could receive the permission and the release to do that, there was an act of submission and obedience that Jesus, Jesus, okay, had to comply with. Now I'm saying that and I'm I'm placing special emphasis on this because with us, and we're nowhere near who Jesus is and what he did here on the earth. We're striving every day. I know I am, but God knows I fall short, right? But sometimes we wonder why the heavens are shut. We wonder why we're not able to realize and actualize certain things, why we're not seeing certain things, why we're not manifesting, even though the promises of God are yea and amen. And God's word is forever settled and God cannot lie. And we know that God's word is true. But for some reason, sometimes we find ourselves in seasons where it just seems like we're locked down and shut down and we just can't move. Right. We just we're unable. We're like we're immobilized. And so 
I, I bring this to you because I want you to, to consider this may not even be your case, but I want you to consider that maybe the heavens have been shut because there is an act of obedience or an act of submission that we're not in compliance with. One of my jobs, one of the many roles that I serve in my school district is to ensure that each of our 160 plus schools are in compliance with a certain training. And so what I do, I have this enormous spreadsheets. I'm, I'm owner and governor of several spreadsheets, right? That houses data. I do a lot of data entry. Um, and, and data monitoring and data tracking. But for one of my work assignments is my job is to make sure that every school administrator is aware of who on their campus is in compliance or when the entire school is out of compliance. Because with this particular training that we offer, there's a set amount of staff who is required to receive the training. Now, just go with me for a minute. And if one person like every school, depending on what the dy dynamics of the, 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 the population of kids and dynamics of the staff, every school is required to have a certain amount of staff trained. If one staff member causes or, or experiences a lapse in their training, it can set the whole school in noncompliance. And on my spreadsheet, I'll change them from green to yellow, right? Yellow meaning this person is out of compliance and you've got 30 days to get them up to compliance. And red is not only is this person out of compliance, but half of your team or in some cases your whole school's out of compliance. Right. And so then that administrator has to comply. They've got to make sure the people are aware of the trainings and they need to get the trainings and they submit to the process. And so, you know, there becomes almost an injunction. That if anything happens on that campus without staff being trained, there could be some serious repercussions. So I, I, I want to mention that because as we see that happening in this natural, in this physical realm, how much more so things that are taking place in the realm of the spirit, that there are certain areas of our lives where we're out of compliance. We have not um, adhered to the expectations. We have not followed the guidelines. And as a result, there are injunctions. There are blockages and we are at risk. We are vulnerable for attack. Okay. So with Jesus for up until the time that he submitted to John's baptism, the heavens were shut. Now, when Jesus appeared to John, there was a conversation and John knowing who Jesus was, was he had an issue with it. He felt like, you know, I, I should submit to you. I'm not even worthy to unloose your, your shoe straps, shoe strings, what have you. And Jesus was like, no, this has to be right. Like Jesus said, this I've got to fulfill. I've got to carry out and I've got to execute this assignment. And a part of this assignment is submitting to you. And so I, I, I want to submit to you that maybe for some of the areas, because again, and if you listen to my pre previous podcast, I'm talking about how a lot of us blame, blame devils and we blame people. But I feel like now is the hour where God is causing us to do some examination, self-examination and see where we are in the faith. Right. And so what Jesus is saying to John, they're having this conversation and John is challenged because he was like, I don't I don't feel worthy to do this. I don't feel worthy to baptize you, take you under the water, submerge you in that watery grave. I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I just don't feel competent. I don't feel like I'm the person to do that. And Jesus told him, he said, look, this has to be, he said, you have to do this because I have to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is what God is requiring of me. It's not about humility or pride or ego. This is about obedience and compliance. 
And so when that happened, even John tried to talk him out of it. Jesus was uh, uh, determined. No, you're going to do this. I'm not moving until this happens because Jesus understood there's another level of ministry. There's another another level of of um, uh, executive function that I need to operate in that I can't. I, I, I am even though I'm Jesus and John understood that. But even though I'm Jesus, I can't violate the word of God. The Lord's God's word is forever settled and it changes not. And so I think it's so important that when we look at this whole conversation and this discourse that's taking place between Jesus and John, Jesus is saying, look, I have to do I have to submit to this process. Even later on in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus came to that same conclusion. I have to submit to this process. So if Jesus brought himself under submission and the heavens were open, what about you and me? Jesus said to John in Matthew three fifteen. he said, um, Jesus answered, suffer it to be so now for this. Thus it become us to fulfill our righteousness. And then John allowed it to happen. All right. The Bible said as soon in verse three sixteen, as soon as Jesus was baptized and went and listen and went up out the water. So this was a full obedience because, you know, partial obedience is still disobedience. And just say ouch and amen. OK, because some of us have tiptoed around some things. Some of us have mishandled some things. And then we're, we're listen, we're reporting to God that it's done and it's not a finished work. It's still in, it's incomplete and it's unfinished. But the Bible said as soon as Jesus was baptized and came up out of the water, his com- his process of obedience was completely fulfilled. The Bible says suddenly. Suddenly the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God uh, descending like the dove and resting on him. Right. And then in verse um, 17, then the voice of heaven said, this is my beloved son. The father spoke and he owned him. He established pedigree. He established accountability and responsibility. So I want to I just want to share a few thoughts with you surrounding that. Um, and, And for some of you, granted, this message may be painfully truthful and painfully enlightening, but we can't skirt around this. You know what I'm saying? Destinies are at stake. Um, Doors are closing and there are windows and portals of heaven that are refusing to open because many of us, and I'm always including myself because I know the areas that I have fallen short in and some areas that yeah, I've danced around some stuff too. And I'm finding myself as God is revealing even this to me, daughter, you got to do this. A couple of maybe a month, maybe two months ago now, the Lord revealed something to me that I honestly and I mentioned this in one of my Sunday messages. I told God I don't want to do that, you know, and I didn't do it in a. Re- I mean, <laughs> I didn't rebel. I told him how I felt. I did it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I ain't crazy. I did what God said that he was expecting me to do, but I did not want to do it. I did not. And I I mean, I literally cried. I'm like, God, really? I don't want to do this. Why? Why? You know, why me? Why this? Why now? And why that? You know, and and the Lord would not relent. He would not change his mind. And then, I, you know, I shared a dream. I think I shared it with you in a podcast about this angel. She appeared before me. And, and, you know, I won't go into all of that for the sake of time. But what I'm saying is God did not change his mind. But also there was a level of obedience that he was requiring me to uh, to fulfill. 
And I had to do that. And then check this out. The thing that that whole situation, I was so apprehensive and I had great reluctance. Now I'm loving it. You know what I'm saying? So the enemy will try to block you with being overwhelmed or overthinking or just talking yourself like Moses trying to talk yourself out of your next level. And and the Lord is saying, no, I'm, we're going to stand right here and I'm not moving and you're not moving until I get a yes. And I mean, I don't want a yes from your mouth. I want a yes from your soul. You know, I want a life. Yes. And um, and now that I'm in that season, I absolutely love it. You know what I'm saying? So God is good. But with Jesus, um. The heavens were shut. The heavens were shut. Okay. The father, at least it's not recording in, recorded in scripture, was not speaking to Jesus. We saw his gifts activate and we see that without people among us, don't we? We see gifts activate and folks are using their gifts, but they have not yet experienced open heavens. And so there's levels of dimension and grace and excellence and power and anointing that you cannot operate. Your gift will work. The gift is without repentance. The gift will work. The gift will work, but there's a level of anointing you'll never be able to step into and operate or see manifest in your life until you come into full compliance. Now, what Jesus was required to do was to submit. And my topic is the five W's and the H of open heavens. Many of us are not experiencing open heavens in anything. You know, in anything, because we have not submitted to the five W's and the H. Well, what's the five W's and the H? You ask great questions like, wow. The who, the when, the why, the what, and the where. And then the H is the how. If you're educated, you know what I'm talking about. The five W's and the H. The who, what, when, where, and the how. Jesus had to submit to the five W's and the H, and so do you and I. We have to submit to the who. Who was the who? <laughs> who was Jesus's who? John. So you've got to find out who your who is. Who is that person I need to be submitted to? Who is that person that is my key? I mentioned in a previous podcast, some folk, I think I'm, I don't know. I talked to so many people. You got key people and, and padlock people. Some people, you need to, whoever your who people are, they're your key people. These are the folks that have keys to unlock doors for you. John did not realize that he was Jesus's key person. And he, John was, listen, was, didn't want to be the key person. Can I just say that? John did not want to be. He was trying to say, Jesus, no, I can't. I'm not. Mm, no, not me. Mm-mm. And Jesus was like, no, you got the key. You are in You're listen, you're in my way to my next level. And so there are some people that you are required. God requires you to. And it doesn't matter how much you like them or how much they like you. That, that emotional, feeling, friendly, fleshly stuff has nothing to do with it. This is spiritual. Spirit always trumped the realm of the, the natural realm. There are some people you're supposed to submit to. In whatever area, business, career, family, life, ministry, whatever, you know who you're who are. And if you don't, I encourage you to find out who they are and get in submission. So John was Jesus's who. He was the person that was between him and his next level. And I, I will tell you this far as my, my, my job, which I love my job. And, and there's a whole story behind that. I'll tell you about that one day. But my who is my, my supervisor. And there are things that she requires of me and things she doesn't require, but that I know needs to be done because I know how she likes things and her expectations. And so there's never a question, even if she says, OK, Delisa, I need to do this. I don't I don't fight back. I don't push back. I don't. It's what. Yes, ma'am. Because she's my who and I real in, in career. And so I realized that there are certain doors and I have seen this woman open tremendous doors for me. And one point she pushed me through a door I didn't want to go through. She pushed me through a door. I promise you, I didn't want to go through. I was like, I can't do that. She was like, oh, you going. 
like literally like that, you're going. And I went and my life changed, right? And is still changing. So in career, you may have a different who for career. You may have a different who for ministry. You may have a different who in your family. You may have a different, you know what I'm saying? You, your who's may be different depending on your platforms, depending on where God, where your assignments are, where you've been placed. Your why. Why is God requiring me to do this? Sometimes you don't get the answer to your why. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you the, the, the why won't make sense until you actually complete it. Then, okay, now I know why. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so I have to fulfill the righteousness. So that was Jesus's why that I have to do this. Why? Because this is my next step to greatness. This is my next step to actually getting out here and being who I'm placed here on earth to be. So you got to submit to your why. You got to submit to the what. What was Jesus's what? The baptism going under the water, that watery grave. I've got to die to my old me and be resurrected in the newness of life. So there may be some things, some situational things you have to submit to. Boy, that's okay. Yeah, that that hit me. (laughs) That hit me really hard. There are some situations that you may not want to submit to, but it's a part of you getting that open, that those heavens open. So the what is the situation? The circumstance, the whatever that thing is that's facing you, that's your what. And you got to submit to that. So what was Jesus's what? The baptism. That's that's you would be amazed, friends, at what's between you and boy, I feel God. You would be amazed at what's between you and your open heaven. And for some of you, it's not even a whole lot. For some of you, it's a whole lot. I'm <laughs> just saying. For some of you, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? You got some work to do. Roll your sleeves up and ask God for mercy and grace. And he will he will never leave you. He'll walk you, he'll walk you through it. But for some of you, because you have skirted around and abandoned so many things and pointed fingers and blamed and, and ran. Yeah. So now you got to get that work done. If you want the open heavens. Now you can continue to 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 labor hard or you can labor with the advocacy and with the support of heaven backing you in everything, in everything. Jesus did everything he saw the father do. He could not see the father do anything because prior to the baptism, the heavens were shut. So what is your what? What is that thing that God told you to do that you have not done it? And then you're mad with the devil. You're mad with your friends. You're mad with the world. But you, friend. You are your own hindrance. And I say that to you in love. You are your own hindrance. You are your own barrier to what God is um, expecting from you. The where. The where was the River Jordan. God does not arbitrarily or haphazardly do things. That's not how God works. There is a place you need to be spiritually and naturally. You need to be assigned somewhere. You need to report somewhere. You're not a wanderer. You're not a beggar. You have a place where you belong. Where is your where? If you're someplace where you're not supposed to be, marvel not when the heavens remain shut. You're misaligned. You're misaligned with heaven. You need to get where your where is. For Jesus, he had to make his way down to the River Jordan. You have to get to where you're supposed to be. Okay? And the when 
was that season, that intentional season. For some of us, and I'm, I'm always talking about me, you have a time frame, you have a, a, a window and a parameter, a time parameter that you need to get some things done where you need to come into compliance with some things, where you need to come into obedience. You got a time frame. You don't have all day. <laughs> you do not have all day. Well, I get to it tomorrow. Tomorrow's not even promised to you. By the time you get to tomorrow, the situation has exacerbated and metastasized and is worse. Now, you had the grace to do it today, but you put it off for tomorrow. You procrastinate it. Now it's worse. So now you got to put just that much more effort into getting something done when it would have been easier for you to do it in the time that God told you to do it. And then lastly, the how. The five W's and the how. How am I going to do this? I'm going to do it in humility. Everything. God resists the proud and he gives grace. You want grace? You have to humble yourself. You do it in humility. John had an issue because he felt Jesus was more superior and Jesus had the anointing. And all of that is absolutely true. Nevertheless, Jesus said, listen, I'm not leaving here until you lay your hands on my head and and push me down in that water. This is how it's going to be done. I'm going to do it in humility and I'm going to do this in full obedience. And when Jesus did, people of God, verse 17 says, um, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. Some translation says my dearly beloved son, right? In him, I'm well pleased or he brings me great joy, right? It was only after that act of obedience that the heavens open and the father spoke. Some of you have said, I'm not hearing God's voice anymore. I, the, I'm not hearing God. Maybe it's because there's a W missing or a couple of W's missing. Or maybe, friend, you've missing the whole five W's and H. Like you have not done anything God has told you to do. Or you do it when you want to, with who you want to, where you want to. Like you own that whole W thing. You do it with who you want to, when you want to, why you want to, what you want to do, where you want to do it, and how you want to do it. And then you marvel that doors are shut. God is not speaking. When Jesus submitted, fully immersed, this was not a sprinkling. What am I saying? That means God expects full obedience. I don't, and, it, it, and I'm not going to say I don't care because I do care. But he expects full obedience regardless of cost. Regardless of what's at stake. Well, Lord, if I do this, this is going to happen. Hey, go ahead and do it and let God be God. Let God deal with the fallout. You just be obedient. A voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Right. He brings me great joy. And then you see the Holy Spirit beginning to activate Jesus. So hitherto he was operating in his natural gift. Do you not know that there are people with natural gifts of wisdom, natural gifts of faith, natural gifts of knowledge, natural gifts of um, prophecy? There, there are people that are insightful. There are people that are insightful. They're intuitive. They're in touch. And if you don't know any better, oh, they're a prophet. No, they're just insightful. They can be prophetic with the Holy Spirit, but without it, they're psychic. That whole psychic thing is a real thing. Isn't it? These are intuitive people. They're innovative. They're creative. They're witty. But they're not prophetic unless they've been activated and engaged by the Holy Spirit. And we get it confused. 
we get it confused. That's another topic. I will not go into that. Verse Matthew chapter four, one, one, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to face the enemy. Some of us are not, we're facing enemies that we're not equipped to handle because we have not, you hadn't been to the river Jordan. You hadn't been baptized. Heavens haven't opened. You haven't done your five W's. You don't do the H. You just hadn't, you just, you just wilding out. Like my students would say, you just out here wilding out. But people of God, I just want to certify you um, in this word today that there is there are expectations that God has from us. And when we do that, heaven will rend. Heaven will bow and God will respond and God will see you through some things. God will see you to some things and, and, and the possibilities of you plus God are endless and you'll, you will be successful in everything you do. You will overcome everything like there's there's no God will cover you. God will protect you. Spirits of death were surrounded by Jesus. And he told them, you cannot take my life. Why? Because I have pedigree. I'm owned. I've, I have a place of belonging and you can't touch me. Amen. So I want you to be blessed by that. The five W's and H's of open heavens came out of Matthew chapter three, what, 15 through 17 and Matthew four, one. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you and we'll come back at the next appointed time. God bless you.